podcast, your go-to place for the modern and latest format. I'm one of your hosts, Billy Mitchell, and with me, uh, my co-host, the fearless knight himself, Michael Madison. How are you? Uh, I am terrified. Oh, no. Why are you terrified? Uh, you know, I just... Sometimes you wake up and you're scared. Um, or sometimes you just wake up and you're like, I want to be a contrarian, and I want to just <laughs> go against things. Um one of those two. One of those two. We'll, we'll figure it out eventually which one. Um, have you been? I mean, we haven't been been together talking on a podcast in a, in a minute, I guess, a two weeks, so. Um, how was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, it's because you hate me and you didn't want to talk last week. Um, again, I think you're trying to just kind of slowly wean the listeners off of you before you vanish for good. No. Um, <laughs> my Thanksgiving was fine. Uh I have been, I don't know, my past few days have, like, been very bad, though. No. Um, how about your Thanksgiving and past few days? Um, Thanksgiving was great. Uh, we had a, uh, we went down to uh, beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. My uh, sister-in-law and brother-in-law have a, a restaurant down there, so um, they ended up making Thanksgiving dinner for everybody. It was fantastic. I'd highly recommend um Checking out their their restaurants if you're in the Charleston area, uh, uh, Lafarfella, but they uh, it, good time overall. The next day we did have a, a slight accident uh, on on the slide. I won't go into heavy details, but my my daughter ended up breaking her her uh, tibia, so she is uh, out of commission for a little bit. She's got a, a full leg cast and seems to be getting around. Perfectly fine, so you know she'll she'll make a recovery. Hopefully, um, you know if she never walks again, uh, this will be cursed audio. But um, she she should be fine. So, well, that's I don't want to say good. I mm-hmm. feel like a kid with a broken leg is not good, but that's acceptable. Yeah, it's acceptable. Yeah, I think that's kind of where my wife and I are at. It's obviously not not great, but you know she. Is not in constant agony. She doesn't need surgery. Uh, it's a good lesson because we we have told her this a couple of times not to not to go down with people. Um, and honestly, a good lesson for us too because we we could have you know been a little bit more vigilant and, and done a little bit more to prevent her from getting hurt in the first place. We didn't. It, that's a it's a lesson for for everybody. So we're just trying to t- take it as a a positive overall that, you know, she's not hurt and, and moving on. So, but, uh, yeah. And honestly, I got to, I guess the quote unquote silver lining is that I got, we had to drive, uh, home early cause we were supposed to be down there until, uh, like Saturday night and drive back up early Sunday morning. Instead, we, uh, essentially just left on Saturday morning and got back late th- Saturday night. So I did get to play the, uh, Legacy Showcase Challenge, which was uh, not my best event, clearly, but, um, you know, I, I wasn't expecting to play in that, so getting to play, even if I was on uh, limited sleep and no reps and a deck that I uh, wasn't really serious about playing, um, it was at least good to, to be able to, to play. So, eh. uh, I thought you played in the Legacy Showcase Challenge too, right? Uh, yes, it went very poorly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've been on a, I've been on a cold streak, which is annoying because I was on a really hot streak, mm-hmm. and then 
I don't know. I just, like started to have events that I cared about again. And it was just like, oh, do you want to start losing? And I was like, no, not really. And Magic was like, oh, you, you do want to start losing. <laughs> okay, you can lose a bunch. And I was like, no. I don't like this. Um, but, you know, apparently it's not up to me. So <laughs> I'm just going to keep losing until the Magic Gods tell me otherwise. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, that... Obviously, if you're gonna get if you're gonna lose games at all, like losing them now is the time. Uh, we've got what two weeks before Eternal Weekend, uh, North America at least. So, you know, there are definitely some things we can uh, rough. If we're gonna have some rough leagues and whatnot and rough uh, challenges, this is definitely the time. I'd rather uh, save all my wins for Eternal Weekend, even if that kind of kind of sucks in the in the meantime. Yeah. I don't know. I wanted to win. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, so I guess we, we don't need to dig in too much about you know how your event went, unless you, unless you want to talk about it specifically. Um, I, I, I mine was not super noteworthy. Like I said, I was extremely tired. I made a lot of kind of silly play mistakes in critical moments, which is not my uh, not my normal play style. I normally play relatively tight, but I'm, I'm just I'm exhausted anyways and the trip back up um and the the stress of the child did not help but i did get to play against uh a patron who uh rightfully smashed me i think i'm like oh and five or something like that versus patrons like i just like cannot beat our patrons they're just like the best magic players in the world Ooh, brutal ending but i think i think the whole event was brutal i really don't like team or delver i've realized so that is that's been crossed off my list for Eternal Weekend. I know it looks like it's the most popular Delver list currently, but I just, like, don't. I don't see the appeal. I, I, I tried. I tried really hard. I just don't get it. Yeah, I um, am also pretty underwhelmed by the deck. So, it did win Eternal Weekend um, and over in Europe, mm -hmm. but also it was Juju Bean. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's very good, which, like, obviously... In order to win something like this, you have to be good. I mean, sometimes accidents happen. Like, I don't know if you saw it two years ago in, in North America. Uh, that guy was a chump. But anyways, some sometimes, you know, uh, more, more often than not, like, you need to be very good to win these things. And I think, you know, he is a very good player. I don't think the deck is necessarily the best, but, like, it, it's not, like, bad, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, <laughs> it's still a strong deck piloted by a very good player. Um, but I, I I, do think, in general, it's a little less impressive than, like, the Grixis versions of the deck. Yeah, I think, I think the Grixis version is, is just better. And I actually think having access to the Black Spells, if we're, if we're talking about a situation, I guess, where, you know, I want to be able to draw cards and I want to be able to play my Delver, like just having access to Bowmaster, having access to, um, you know, snuff out if you, if you want it or just fatal push, honestly, it's just like just so much better. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm surprised that it, the teamer has continued to be so dominant in terms of uh, percentages for Delver players, but I, so I think part of it is playing with the hot new toy, right? Like I think, People are excited to try out Questing Beast. Um, there's a question like, is it the next expressive iteration? And 
I guess for me is that card has been pretty underwhelming whenever I see it. Um, and it could be just like my opponents are getting unlucky. It could be that it's like not great against the decks that I tend to favor. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I've just been underwhelmed by it. But I think the excitement around that card is really which. I mean, obviously, that's the difference in the decks, right? Mm. Um, I also think there was some amount of people didn't enjoy playing, like, Orcish Bowmaster against Orcish Bowmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of people were just like, you know what? I'm just going to sidestep that game, and I'm going to play this other thing, and, like, it'll be bigger than a 1-1, and people can't interact with it, and, like, I have card advantage that's not drawing cards. So, like... I I get people wanting to go there, but I don't know. Whenever I play against the deck, and then they like don't do anything on their turn, and then they pay two mana to like reveal force of wills that <laughs> they can't cast because I'm not doing anything on their turn anyways. It's just like okay, like I don't understand what's happening, and then they like never cast questing druid. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of my deal too. Like the deck, I mean, obviously there are different variations of the deck. I, I understand that, but. Most of the lists are playing one tropical island, so you you can cast it, you know. But if that tropical island gets destroyed, you're just like off that forever. Obviously, you're not playing it because of the uh, the, the questing druid part, right? Like there are other cards you could be playing if you want to just you know get a plus one plus one counter every time you cast a um, white, blue, black, or red spell. But it, the you kind of said it too. the The instant part is really nice, but also it is you are saving two mana to do this thing that might or might not be good. And the number of times I've gone like you know, seek the beast. Um, here's fetch land, fetch land. I'm like, ugh, okay, that's that's annoying. Or even like, um, you know, seek the beast. Here's days and uh, murktide. It's like, well, I don't. I don't really... I can't cast Murkshide right now, and I don't really need a Daze right now. So I guess I, that was a good use of two mana. And, like, I just just don't like that kind of effect. And obviously, Express of Iteration, I see the parallels, right? You're you're putting cards, uh, you're casting it at instant speed here, which is even better, quote-unquote better than Express of Iteration, but, like, I just I just think the flexibility of Express of Iteration. I, this has one mode essentially, and I don't even know if the mode is good. I, like, I think there actually is a, just a, va- a valid point just to cast, like, Rend Resolve instead. Like, having a sorcery in the deck, I think, would be more relevant. And that's actually my other thing, too. I feel like my Delverts never flip. Um, I also feel like my Dragon Rage Channelers are never active. Um, I'm, I'm playing things like Portent to try to up my count, and, like, I just don't want to be playing portent in my deck at all so you know maybe it maybe that's something that could be changed like a preordain or something like that maybe that would kind of fix my my woes but i, I think i'd rather just not be playing questing druid at all i, th- I honestly think like just playing like tarmogoyf would be more value but i don't know so now not fans. Not fans of Wrecked Over here on the Dark Depths podcast. Not at all. But you know what I am a fan of? I am a huge fan of uh, Thoth's Oracle, especially when you get to combine it with Paradigm Shift. 
Uh, I, I, I do want to try that deck out this week. Yeah. Uh, if you, For those who didn't see the Legacy Showcase Challenge with one uh, by uh, Hate-A-Toth, um, which I think they uh, hate breakfast, um, they are playing a Thassa's Oracle Paradigm Shift deck. Uh, mono blue. Uh, a little, there's, a, there's a single Magus of the Moon on the sideboard, but uh, it's an interesting list. I haven't seen anything like this in a while. Uh, I know there was a couple lists running around with uh, Thought Lash in the deck. Uh, for those who don't remember Thought Lash, um, it is a enchantment uh, for two generic and blue blue. Uh, cumulative upkeep, you exile the top card of your library. Um, when a player doesn't pay Thought Lash's cumulative upkeep, that player exiles all cards from his or her library. Um, and you can exile the top card of your library to prevent uh, the next one damage that would be dealt to you this turn. So, uh, card is very interesting it's definitely one of those ones where i read it and it's like wait what does this do okay yeah that that makes sense uh, it doesn't make sense no but uh it is a, a card i think when you're combining it with Thassa's oracle it ends up being really interesting it allows you to uh you know obviously start me the bleeding uh and it allows you to kind of make your brainstorm pretty sweet um ironically this deck is only playing one copy of brainstorm um, I don't think I've seen a deck that plays one brainstorm uh, in in Legacy. I, I, I think ever, but besides like you know specific like uh, tainted pack decks. Yeah. So um, I actually don't think this deck's even supposed to play that brainstorm. Uh, hmm. Take this with a grain of salt because you know I haven't played the deck in a while and I haven't played this list. Um, I'm pretty sure that should just be a ponder, uh, because they're not playing copies of ponder. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so this person's playing with ten islands. Uh, they don't have any fetch lands, and without fetch lands, brainstorm's kind of like sus. Mm. I think in order to play brainstorm, you want what probably at, like six fetch lands. Yeah. Um, and I just like you could play them, uh, but then you are making yourself slightly worse against aggro decks and. Like, is there that much upside? A lot of your cards... I don't, I don't know. I think you have an easy enough time finding ways to kill your opponent that you don't necessarily need it, but I'm not sure. Uh, but I, I, I do like the list look of this list, though. It's got a lot going on that I like. Um, one, being resilient to Blood Moon, because I think Blood Moon is great right now. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not seeing a ton of it, but... You know, it is seeing play in the initiative sideboards. It is seeing play in Mono Red Snopulus, which just got an upside with uh, the bombs. What is it? Bombside? Uh, Goblin, Brigadiers? Uh, bar, bar, oh, Bombardier? Bombardier? Yes, yeah. Bombardier. <laughs> um, anyway, it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter what the name of the card is. What matters is Red Snoppy got an upgrade. Um, Turbo Muxus got an upgrade. Mm -hmm. So... You know, there's an increase in decks that could be looking to play Blood Moon. Uh, having a mana base that is like very resilient to that card is really good. Um, I think this deck looks kind of strong against initiative, just being able to like have Thought Lash to, to like not take damage mm -hmm. is like very exciting. Uh, I mean, obviously, hopefully, when you have Thought Lash, you're winning the game, but like the fact that it actually does something. In those aggressive matchups, when it's not just winning the game, is awesome. Um, having four cavern of souls to make your Thassa's Oracle uncounterable just means like 
there's a very good chance once you resolve your first combo piece, like the game's over and there's nothing that can be done about it. So, you know, I do think there's a lot to like here. Um, they, I know they beat multiple wrecked over players on the day. Um, I don't think they lost to it if memory serves. And that is a good sign. I also think your control matchup is really good. Uh, so that's like, I, I don't know. This deck, it looks like a joke on the surface, but I think it's actually really well positioned. Yeah, I mean, I guess for the control deck, too, I, you know, obviously you talked about the Cavernous Soul, so you do have an uncountable way to put Thassa's Oracle into this deck. Uh, but you also do have things like Step Through, which, you know, there are, I guess, Stifle does exist in the format, yes. Um, and we are seeing uh, like an uptick in things like uh, Tasha's. Uh, Tidebinder, I believe that card is called. Not Tasha, the Tiasha, Tishana, Shana Tidebinder. Um, it's like the new uh, Merfolk that has like a stifle attached um, for, out of the uh, Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Uh, but still, being able to actually have another uncounterable way to find your Thassa's Oracle or find your Spellseeker if you need it uh, just makes this deck even, even better somehow, right? Um, just another way to affect the board and like Speaking of uncounterable ways to affect the board, like Odawara's in this deck too, as a two of, um, that's a very interesting way to, uh, you know, push through uh, or get something out of the way if you need to. You know, maybe they go, you know, they have a, uh, what is that card called? Two mana. My brain's supposed to call it Null Rod. Um, Null Rod for creatures. ETP. Um, Curse Totem? No, um, close, uh, but for ETB specifically, not uh, abilities. The two mana ETB. Um, um. Oh God, mm -hmm. I <laughs> I can't remember. Hushbringer. No, I mean yes, but no. The the artifact. Torpor Orb. Oh, there Torpor we go. That's the name Orb. of the card. Oh, yes, it is Torpor Orb. I imagine that somewhere someone's like, oh, come on, it's Torpor Orb, guys, come on! Um, but yeah, it is Torpor Orb. Um, but having something that you can actually use to affect the board and bounce, um, it was kind of more, I don't want to say annoying threats, but like, I, I do think you have a, a lot of people, especially in these kind of challenges online, um, I can imagine a... A big Merktide coming at you, you can just bounce it. You have uh, someone putting a Gristlebrand into play and trying to kill you with it, you can just bounce it. Um, but even with the initiative, too, like I think there's a lot of situations where uh, they're going to lean very heavily on uh, a crow, like a Mox, a crow Mox or something like that, and you can just bounce it. Or a Muxus, you can, <laughs> uh, you know, buys your next turn, does what you need to do. I think that's overall uh, a pretty good thing to have in your tool belt. Uh, I do want to also kind of bring up the second place deck just because, one, there's always, regardless of the time, the season, uh, what's going on in the world, there's always a person who plays Reanimator and ends up top eighting one of these showcase challenges. So I always like see it automatically and just ignore it. But the deck by Blade Magician is actually really interesting. I don't think I've seen uh, something exactly like this. Uh, before, but I did run into this online. This actually makes me feel a little bit better because I was very confused at the time. Um, so this is a 
listed as Reanimator, and I to be fair, they are playing four copies of Reanimate. They've got two copies of Animate Dead, so they are doing Reanimator things. Um, also doing grief things because it's a mostly mono black deck. I mean, all the cards in the deck are black or artifacts um, or lands, I guess. But the thing about it is that like, it has a really interesting early game package that we kind of see out of the blue black scam, um, the grief orcish bowmaster, and they're also playing Dothy Voidwalker, which sometimes shows up. They've got Troll of Cosm uh, Doom, um, but they also have uh, one copy of Atroxa, one copy of Hogak. Uh, of Risen Necropolis, that's been a minute, and also one copy of Archon of Cruelty, a couple copies of Liliana of the Veil, and, you know, it ends up actually just being, like, a interesting kind of, like, mid-range kind of control deck, kind of a, a rock-type deck, a decent... Um, the removal is not great, I guess, admittedly, right? Like, the, the only removal spell they have in the main deck, I guess, besides Liliana, if you want to count that, uh, would be Shieldred's Edict, which is another card I'm actually a huge fan of right now. Um, but they're just, like, kind of trying to grind value with, like, Currency um, Converter. They've got some Earth of Sagas in here. So they're just, like, doing stuff. I, I don't know if you've run into this deck at all, but it's it definitely looks interesting. Uh, so I have. I've played against it. Um, it went 8-2 in um, the European Eternal Weekend, for what it's worth. Okay. So that's where it came from. I don't really know how to feel about the deck so far. Mm-hmm. I do know I love the card currency converter, yeah. so I like want to like it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it actually fixes the issues I have with Reanimator. It, it might. Mm-hmm. I... I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I guess, I, I you know I do think it helps giving the deck a more fair backup plan. Mm-hmm. Um, having Dothy Voidwalker and Orgish Bowmaster, I think, does you know make you stronger against cards like Surgical Extraction and Rest in Peace and Leyline. Uh, that kind of goes without saying. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's better than just being like quite as focused and consistent. Although the deck doesn't look that much less consistent mm. um so i i guess i could actually see this being the future of reanimator i kind of talked myself into it <laughs> yeah i mean i i could see it i mean it makes sense the the grief honestly the grief reanimate package is so strong and it showed up on so many decks that like adding in a little something to to make the attractive hogak and uh archon playable i think makes sense and honestly worth it to know the pitch to grief so like you know Let's get it. Um, the other thing that I think is kind of cool about this list is that they are playing two copies of Bl- uh, Badlands in the deck, too. So they have red cards in the sideboard, uh, Meltdown, Blood Moon, uh, Fable the Mirror Breaker, uh, and Magus of the Moons, too. So they, they actually kind of, like, become a little bit more mid-rangey if they need to, but it also kind of allows them to juke the... Uh, graveyard hate plan. If they end up having a, a game where they are able to, you know, reanimate a track zone turn two or whatever, uh, well, now it's really annoying because I want to get rid of that, but suddenly you can juke and while you're sitting there with your surgical extractions, you're just like facing down Fable the Mirror Breaker. Uh, all of a sudden, that seems like a, a really tough situation for people to pivot um, when you pivot into it. I also just, again, I just really like Currency Converter, so. <laughs> It, it is a cool card. That is that is very true. Have you cast that card? I have not, actually. I've never cast it. 
Oh, you're missing out. I probably am. That would that would believe that. Um, a lot of game actions. A lot of game actions. I do like game actions. That's very true. Um, it, I actually meant to ask you too. I, I know we had talked about this a, a while ago. The uh, initiative deck has started playing that Ewan Fearless Knight. Uh, have you been impressed with that card out of initiative? I have not cast it enough times yet okay. <laughs> to have an opinion. Okay. I really want to like it in theory. Hmm. Um, I have been. I was playing two in my sideboard, like kind of before it got popular. Hmm. Um, I was not the first person to do it. I'm not trying to claim credit. Uh, that was definitely Tulio Drotti. Uh, but you know, I did kind of immediately kind of latch onto it, and I just just has not come up, but like not in a bad way. Okay, that's fair. Uh, the I'm not sure. There's not like anything super interesting else that like I I feel like we need to talk about, but I do. Uh, and we talked about it a little bit ago. Uh, the broadside uh, bombardiers, uh, bombardiers, bombardiers. You're bombardier. You know, it's Tom Bombadil. That's what it is now. That's easier to say somehow. So uh, I guess that's I nice. hate Tom Bombadil. Oh gosh. Like, okay, so do you actually hate Tom Bombadil, or do you hate the name Tom Bombadil for this card, or do you hate this card, which is called Tom Bombadil? Um, no, I've got nothing. Well, yeah, no, all of it, actually. Okay. Um, I, so for those who don't know who Tom Bombadil is, even though he does have a magic card, mm -hmm. Tom Bombadil is a character from uh, the Lord of the Rings series. Uh, originally, I believe he was introduced in... Um, uh, I can't think of what it's called. Uh, I, what, actually, I don't remember if he was introduced in The Hobbit or the, the other one, The Cimmerillion. I think it's in The Cimmerillion. Um, I believe so as well. I Yeah, I'm pretty confident. Uh, I'm not a Tolkien fan, though. Um, I feel like people are just going to be like, I hate Mapson now. <laughs> um, but, so, anyways, uh, for those who don't know... He is a character that is in the books. He does not appear in the movies, so, you know, you did not miss him. Um, and he's, like, I, I think in the deeper lore, he's, like, some godlike being. But basically, he has this chapter, and it's just, like, the whole chapter emphasizes what I don't care for about Tolkien's writing, which is just, like, the sheer amount of unnecessary detail. Like, they just show up at this dude's house, and he's like, oh, you have the ring. And they're like, you're not supposed to know about that. He's like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's right there. And they're like, yeah, but it's, like, invisible. He's like, I mean, I can see it. And they're just, like, <laughs> freaked out because they're like, oh, my God, who is this guy? Why does he know? And it's like, you know, it sets it up for, like, hey, there's something, like, what is the ulterior motive? Like, what's going on? Who is this guy? And it just, like, the chapter doesn't, like, explain anything. It's just kind of like, like, hey, no, I'm just here to help you out. Like, I don't care about it and then um you know they leave and tom bombadil is just like never referenced in the books again um and it's just like why did this chapter exist the series like the series is over a thousand pages like why did we need a chapter where like nothing ultimately happened uh we introduced a character that does not actually appear ever again has no impact on the story and so for me i just like I hated it so much. But, you know, when you bring it up to, like, Tolkien fan fan people, they're just like, well, you don't understand the importance. And, you know, you're right. I don't. And I don't want to. 
for the uh, eighth current Maps and Haters and the Tolkien <laughs> fanboys and girls out there, uh, Tom Bombadil first appeared in print in a 1934 poem called The Adventures of Tom Bombadil, which also included uh, Goldberry, who is his wife, Old Man Willow, who is an evil tree in his forest, and the Barrow White, uh, from whom he rescues the hobbits. Um, I have looked this up. I do not know any of those things. And honestly, outside of Goldberry being a magic card, and I, I think Old Man Willow also is a magic card, I do not know anything else about these characters. I did know his wife's name. Um, Goldberry? Goldberry? Yeah, it's like actually weird that I know this much, and I'm just like not a fan. Um, yeah. But we, we read it in high school. Uh, okay. And I've seen all the movies. That's actually pretty cool. We actually we had uh, we had my dad's coworker over for Christmas one year, mm. and he rereads uh, the entire Lord of the Rings, like all of it, like the like the prequels that aren't technically a part of the series and stuff. Um, every year, oh. I was just like, "That's wild." Yeah. Uh, and we were playing like a trivia game, and there was like a section on um, on Lord of the Rings, and man, this guy was a beast as a teammate it's <laughs> just like nobody had any clue what the like what the questions were even asking you about and he just like aced it it was like that's awesome okay uh, so i guess going back to tom bombadil aka uh bradside bombardiers uh bombardiers uh we're seeing it in goblin decks right with muxus but we're also seeing it in just like the red stompy decks uh being able to to fling a Simeon Spirit Guide or a, a Fury or something like that is obviously huge, huge game. I think regardless of what shell you're looking at it in, you, you kind of have to be able to account for that kind of damage. Um, the fact that it has haste and menace uh, means that extra two damage is usually going to be able to actually connect. But, you know, in addition to that, you just have to deal with the fact that the deck has a lot more, more I guess, reason to want to go from zero to three on turn one. Like, there's just a lot more incentive. Obviously, I think having Blood Moon or Trinisphere um, it was already great, but having another high-quality three-drop in the deck uh, really only made this deck just that much better. Yeah. I... I do want to clarify one thing about the card. Uh, sorry if you uh, mentioned this. Uh, I'll be honest, I got slightly distracted. Um... With, with the boast ability, I want to be clear that you can only <laughs> boast once a turn. Um, which might be obvious to some of you, yeah. but that is in the rules text for boast, uh -huh. and it does not mention that on the card. Uh -huh. um, so I just want to protect readers from doing what I did uh -huh. this weekend, which is where you attack um, because you stop and you like think carefully for a couple, for like a whole minute and you do all the combat math and figure out all the permutations and go, okay, well, if I, like, I have to have exactly lethal if mm. they make the optimal box and then you throw the first thing at their face and then you can't do anything and then you die horribly because you just threw away one of your blockers and didn't kill anything relevant on their side of the field instead did damage to them. I just, you know, I want to make sure that doesn't happen to you. It happened to me. It was really embarrassing. It was no fun. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, it's I got good. your back. It's good. It's good. Uh, good PSA. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it definitely can be confusing. I mean, both just, I mean, again, the complexity of magic, I think is 
is just getting higher and higher each and every set. Uh, both being a set, uh, an ability that was in Kaldheim that is now being used on an Ixalan card in a commander set. Uh, just a lot of extra layers of complexity there. So definitely a good reminder. But when you're looking at a lot of these cards, like you, you kind of have to keep in mind what they're trying to do. And I think obviously Broadside Bombardiers being a card that kind of extends from this version of the deck um, that's more red, red stompy um, to the Goblins version. And you end up seeing some overlap in terms of things um, like, uh, you know, potentially Fury, but I think more Goblin Ravel Master uh, and both of them being really solid, you know, turn one, turn two plays. Um, I definitely have played games where I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to bring in my... Um, it's called the i'm like not great with names plague engineers i'm gonna bring in my plague engineers i'm gonna make sure that i can turn off the uh, goblins i don't want to die to a bunch of one one tokens and then suddenly i'm like looking i'm like do you have any more one one tokens They're like no that's just, just just that one just just those so like i'll tag things like uh den of the bugbear and whatnot but like there's a lot of situations where you know a, a card like uh an engineered plague um, or Plague Engineer, I guess. Um, even something like a... a oh, My brain wants to say Whiplash. I'm, like, all over the place with names today. Uh, something like a... I'm just going to say, is it Staticaster? Because I've done that as well. Um, isn't going to clean up everything you think it's going to? I believe you're the one I'm thinking of. You are correct. Um but yeah, a lot of these cards like that deal, you know, one damage or two damage to these creatures, they they might be good. I think versus the goblins they're fine, but like versus the stompy deck, it doesn't do anything. Um, so you know, just just be aware of that when you're uh, playing your games to try to see if you can figure out which version of the deck they're playing. Um, have based on XJ success, like obviously they are a very good player. If they're playing this deck, it, it probably is a really good choice for something like a, an Eternal Weekend or something. So I'm expecting that deck to be a little bit more popular in the, in the coming weeks online, and I kind of expect that to be a, a good choice at Eternal Weekend, too. Yeah, I mean, the deck is really strong. The deck was already strong, and adding adding more cards to it only helps. So, uh, well, unless there's something else you want to talk about in the Legacy Showcase Challenge, I kind of want to talk about the, um, the North... or the... Eternal Weekend Asia uh, that happened uh, this this past weekend as well. We had a lot of Legacy. This was a really nice weekend for Legacy players. Uh, yeah, no. Let's, uh, let's go. Um, I guess, first off, I'm not sure if it's the winner or not. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if this is actually in order. It has, like, record, I believe, at the end of Swiss. But um, a couple lists that did particularly well. Um, there was uh, Oops All Spells, uh, which... I'm surprised. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go out and say that I'm surprised this deck did so well. Um, I, it's not a deck that I think normally will win a long event, uh, but I do. I, I kind of want to acknowledge the fact that the version of the deck that I think should have the best one, one of the better matchups of Earth it um, would be like the Delver strategy, um, or the Delver universe, right? Those kind of blue tempo decks. Um, Team Redoubt not really built to contend with 
combo decks. I don't think it ever has been. Like the, the I think especially because you're playing Questing Druid, you are way off on trying to interact with combo decks. I, I have had not much success at all playing against uh, Storm and things like that, playing the Team Redelver deck. Maybe that's just me. I'm sure there's a, a, mat, a matchup chart we could consult to see if that's just me or um, that's the norm, but um, it, that does it does make sense that this deck would be able to do well if uh, Teamer Delver was the most popular Delver variant. Um, so, I mean, obviously, a good choice in the weekend if that's if that's the case. Yeah, I haven't looked at their matchup spread have uh, you? for for Delver specifically or for Oops. Uh, no, for like what specifically that Oops player played against. Uh, no, I did not actually. Uh, let's see. Well, I'm gonna on... I'm gonna look real quick. Yeah, please do. I will say, oops, is like has somehow gotten stronger than it was a little bit ago. Like I think just with enough, like you know, enough times people innovate on things, and so having plans for like, um... oh, actually, this player doesn't even have the cards I'm thinking of. Um, I was gonna say having like, oh, God, what is the name of that card? Um... The one where you, like, shuffle three cards um, back into your deck. Uh, Memory's Journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've lost a lot of games where it's like, okay, well, I can actually beat you trying to go off. And they're like, Memory's Journey? I'm like, I did not have a plan for that. Nope. Yeah, I've done that. Um, Plenty of times. (laughs) So let's see. They played against uh, 12 post round one. Reanimator round two. Holy crap. Oh, okay. I thought it was all two O's for a second. They, they start losing eventually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, barely, but... <laughs> so, yeah, they beat 12 post round one. Um, colorless 12 post. What makes it colorless? Oh, the fact that it's colorless. Um, hmm. It's like Eldrazi post. Uh, okay. Round, round two, Reanimator. Round three, Sneak and Show. Round four, Reanimator. All four of those were two O. Um, round five through the end are all 2-1. They um, beat 8-cast, Reanimator again, <laughs> uh, Storm, uh, Blue-Red Delver, Doomsday, Scam, like Blue-Black Scam, and uh, then Control in the quarterfinals. And then it doesn't say what happened in the semis, which makes me wonder if that means they lost, but mm-hmm. I think, I just don't think it's in here. Yeah, I think they yeah they lost the quarters. They lost two one. So I'm assuming that that should be the end. They lost in the quarters. It looks like, but that is. Oh, did I just read it wrong? <laughs> yeah, the, the last person is um, the the five color control opponent one. Oh yeah, uh, but, I just um, I just assumed they just like kept winning nonstop. I mean, I don't blame you. They they won ten rounds in a row. I mean, like, <laughs> they are clearly doing something right here, uh, and especially beating. Uh, you know, Shota Wantadabi in round 10, like, that is, that is a statement. Like, this is a, I think that would be the one match that, out of these 10, you'd be most likely to lose. Either that, um, I guess Mono Blue 8-cast if they're on the play, I think they have, they would have an advantage there. But the rest of these are easy matchups. Like, I think this is uh, a good run for this kind of deck. If this is what you're pl- going to play against, uh, I think Oops is definitely a, a really solid choice there. Um, just a bunch of decks that want to do their own thing and don't particularly um, have what it takes to deal with a thought thieves plus going off. Like 
Um, and I think Oops especially is very good at saying, I like, I can get rid of your first two pieces. If you got the third one, you got the third one. But um, I, I got you in the first two. So um, this is a, a, I mean, really a solid showing, obviously. I'm wild in my mind, but uh, really cool that they did well. Um, and there's all, definitely a couple other decks, too, that I, I've seen and I'm uh, very happy about their finishes um obviously like doomsday um had a pretty good weekend uh we saw <laughs> also i hate the fact that you can just name your deck whatever because like um alex quack on um on goldfish and on uh, melee has their deck listed as five color burn and it's like come on you're you're playing uro that's like the opposite of burn be cool yeah um, so i also hate when people do that i don't know it drives me nuts also, um, sorry, my mic died for a moment, but I mm-hmm. did want to call you out. Uh, you referenced the player specifically being Shota Watanabe. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe you are mixing up two players. Because uh, I, I, I could be mistaken here. I don't think Shota Watanabe is a particularly well-known Magic player. Um, there is actually a, a Japanese celebrity with that name, Um but not relevant to magic. But I think you're mixing them up with Yuya Watanabe and Shota Yasuoka. I no, I specifically was because I I was playing the the I the, I could be wrong I guess, but like I played against or sorry I copied the list from um, Shota uh, Watanabe. I've been playing this list for the past couple of days. Yeah, so that's I the mean, reason I kn- I know the deck at least. It it is a player, but like you being like, oh, it's impressive that they beat. This particular player, like, hmm. I mean, the well, player... specifically the matchup. I, I think that um, matchup is the best, the best suited to beat Oops. I, I think having access to, um, you know, the grief reanimate package, which I think out of these lists, I mean, there's two. Yeah, I guess the only ones that would have grief reanimate. I guess reanimator itself does have the grief reanimate package, but uh, I think being able to back that up with uh, the Forest the days. volume. Yeah, the, the days, the force of wills, the force of negations. Like, I, I think that is the best version of this deck to fight against Oops. Um, but you're you're right. Yeah, I mean, this is... you. There are definitely more popular Shodas and more popular Watanabe, for sure. Yeah, and, uh, and but, to be clear, I'm not, like, trying to, like, be like, oh, Shota Watanabe is trash. Like, I don't know his player. They could be, <laughs> they, they could be fantastic. They could yeah. Um, no, no. You know, I've, I've just ages, been playing. So they're this. probably decent. But. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, honestly, they had a um, Shota Watanabe went eight two, and uh, you know themselves actually had a very good, um, obviously good showing, but you know a lot of good matchups and you know played particularly tight. As what started off what five zero. Yeah. So they end up getting ninth, which is heartbreaking. I feel like going eight one and then losing round ten. To not make top eight is is devastating, but uh. I mean to be fair, I I didn't look at their matchup spread, but I doubt they started. I don't know if you start eight one, you should be able to draw in. So I have a feeling mm-hmm. they probably lost. Early. No, they no they won round um, one versus fourth initiative. I'm not gonna go through the matchup, but they won the first five rounds. They lost to uh, round six to four color control, and then they won. Oh, the next yeah. Three. I mean, they should have just drawn the last round. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe 
I, I guess Oops Player was like, no, I'm the best. <laughs> um, but like, I mean, not wrong. They like they didn't need to play. Like that player was locked for first regardless. I mean, maybe they had a reason. Maybe might have been blocking or something. Dude, the other heartbreak is like Mark Tobias. He's a player who I just I don't know. I think he's really cool. Um, and he top aided uh, the European Eternal Weekend and then started off with a record where he could have drawn into top eight here, but just like didn't do the math and ended up losing and getting eleventh, uh, I think. But like oh, they. No. Yeah, yeah, they could have just drawn in and just, like, messed up. Yeah. Not oh, sad. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, really solid finishes here, though. I mean, um, I wasn't sure if there was anything else from the event that kind of drew your attention. I know the the Oops deck is a deck that we do not see particularly often um, at, at high-level events like these. It's one of those ones I imagine uh, in leagues, and I've done this myself, um, to... I guess put a target on myself. I have been like, you know what? I, I want to play a league, and I've only have like twenty five minutes. What do I do? I'm like, oh, I'll just <laughs> play. I'll play a little bit of oops, and uh, you know, it's ten minutes of getting the deck, and then fifteen minutes of going for one. So, always a always a sweet thing. <laughs> um, one thing I do want to point out is like, uh, initiative was once again one of the better performing decks here. The record was not as high as it was at the European Eternal Weekend. And I, I do think people are starting to be more prepared for that deck, which is, um, as an initiative player, pretty frustrating. But still, there's a good amount of it littered around the top tables. And in fifth place, you have you have like a hybrid version uh, where it's like heavier on the humans and it has like Brutal Cathar in addition to Solitude in the main, which I think is interesting. And I mean, Japanese lists in general tend to be interesting um i just feel like across the across the world they have a very different idea on how decks should be built uh, versus we do so it's definitely worth like keeping an eye out for innovation that like i don't know you just wouldn't necessarily see over here in the states um it's always cool to check out their list it, obviously there are some decks where you look at it, you're like ah oh, I, I could i guess i could see that but like if you I want to I want to bring your attention to the list uh, by uh, Ikinori uh, Taco Takano. Um, they went for it. They have this deck, which I think is so sweet, um, playing like Dolphy Voidwalker or Spellmasters. It's like boring. I get it. Yeah, we're gonna have grief. We're gonna have reanimate. They're like, hey, I, don't, I don't. I can't play reanimate. It's like, oh, cool. Why? Why no reanimate? You're like, well, I'm busy playing. Uh, my four copies of Exanguishioner, uh, oh, oh my gosh, this is like a vocab challenge. That's what the name of the episode is going to be. It's going to be vocab challenge impossible. Exanguinator Calvary, and also playing Archfiend of the Dross. I guess Archfiend of the Dross actually was, was a card in Pioneer for a little bit. Um, that is a uh, two generic and double black for a 6-6 flyer. Enter the battlefield with four oil counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove an oil counter from the Archfiend of the Dross. Then if there are no oil counters on it, you lose the game. And whenever an opponent, uh, a creature an opponent controls dies, its controller loses two life. So a pretty effective 6-6 beater. Exsanguinator Calvary, though, um, card I really, really like, um, is a two generic and a black for a 2-3 Menace Lifelink. 
Uh, whenever a knight you control deals combat damage to a player, put a 1-1 counter on that creature and uh, create a blood token. So you end up having no more knights, like that's the only knight in the deck, but cavalry in multiples ends up being really, really powerful. Um, it is a commander-only card, unfortunately, so it's only going to be showing up in, in Legacy or Vintage, but uh, having that connect in multiples is really really good um being able to you know have two knights in play and then have one get in get two plus one plus one counters and uh create a blood token uh just kind of sets up the next one uh really really cleanly i'm not sure if this deck is built entirely correctly i I think it's really hard to not play a mono black to play a mono black deck with bowmaster in grief and then not want copies of reanimate it is a hard sell for me uh but the deck is really, really cool. I I don't know. I haven't played enough with or against these decks. I, I just like don't know what to make of them. It's definitely a lot. And it's it's interesting to have a deck like this because it is, it is very much trying to do its thing. I, I don't... I'm not used to seeing decks that are playing, you know, like Chalice, I guess Chalice of the Void, Chrome Mox, and Lotus Petal. That that makes sense to me in my mind. I get it. You got Ancient Tomb and City of Traders. Fine. It's just, I don't know what the perfect three drop is, um, but I'm I've been conditioned to know that in Legacy that if I'm going to play a creature for three mana, it probably should be Opposition Agent. Not extinguished. Uh, don't oh tell gosh. people that. I, uh, not extinguisher nor cavalry. Like this is a very much a more aggressive slant on this deck. Um, and you know, you could do other other things. Like this doesn't have to be Archfiend of the Dross. Like you could be playing something that doesn't murder you potentially. Um, but this is. I don't know. I think I think playing Archfiend of the of the Dross in a deck <laughs> in a format where people are playing um, Maze of Ith and playing um, Glacial Chasm, I think is a, a very bold bold choice. But I I guess I kind of get it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I I'm interested to see if this deck actually has legs or not. I don't. I would like to think it doesn't, but. It does seem like a really cool uh, way to attack the format if it if it's if it if it does work. Okay, so we have got legacy. I'm not sure if this once again. I don't know if there's anything else from the legacy um, event you want to the eternal weekend you want to talk about. Nope. Okay, so at this point we've got. I know, I know we have to start um, packing up our our stuff soon, but. Um, we have Eternal Weekend in North America in two weeks. Where are you starting? Uh, like, where? what are your thoughts? What are you planning on trying to do in the next uh, week or two uh, before the event? Uh, if the event was tomorrow, I'd probably just jam initiative because that's what I've been doing. Um, mm. Though I am less happy with it. If you look at the data, it's been having uh, not great performances against um, Team Delver, which seems to be on the rise. So if that trend continues, I can see it being uh, a rough day for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not to say like, oh, this matchup's garbage. I think it was like a 47 percent which, you know, is not 
the end of the world. Um, mm. It's obviously not where you want to be, though, if a deck is super popular. I also just think, you know, I'm, like, past the honeymoon phase of the deck, so when I have those losses, they're, um, you know, some of them feel a little bit more frustrating, um, which is, like, I don't know, it's kind of hard to describe. Like, I, I'm okay losing, but the manner in which the deck loses, I guess, it's just, I feel like I lose a lot more to mulligans than anything else. Uh, just, like, drawing my opening hand and being, like, up oh, here's, like, four spell, Chromox, Chromox, Lotus Petal, or just, like, not having Ancient Tomb or City of Traitors. And I think just, like, I think I have a relatively solid mental game when it comes to magic, but just like the impact of that happening over and over again. And I guess just the fact that it's happening in such a short time frame, like that really beat me up in Pittsburgh. That plus losing every die roll kind of beat me up uh, this weekend in the showcase challenge. So like, I kind of just feel like I need a break from the deck. Mm. Plus I have seen so many Hydroblast, so many Hydroblast. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I, part of me just wants to play post because I have been having a delightful time playing that deck. Um, honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I plan to bring it with me and I wouldn't be surprised if I just woke up and said, you know what, we're just throwing primeval Titans and whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to put my time into playing Pioneer for Atlanta, although uh, spoiler alert, we're getting uh, banlist updates in both Pioneer and Modern next week. So mm-hmm. over this weekend, I might play some Legacy. I might play uh, some Blue Decks um, okay. and see if I I do enjoy casting up the Beanstalk. Maybe I will uh, be doing that. I will not be playing Rag Delver. I will likely not be playing Grixis Delver. Again, not saying those decks are bad. I just probably won't do it. Um, I could see myself playing Scam, which makes it sound weird that I won't play uh, Grixis Delver because they're mm-hmm. kind of similar. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I could see myself playing Scam more. I would probably copy the HJ Gothic list from um, from the last um, Eternal Weekend. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. A little lost. Uh, I assume you are playing Scam. Yeah, I'm just playing Scam. I it, it's funny too because I went away from playing the deck not because it, the deck wasn't good I just I just want to try other things I wanted to see uh, I knew we had a turtle weekend coming up and I you know I had played um, in the BCDL open uh, during the summer right and I I know the deck inside and out I played hundreds of matches with it I don't need to test that matchup anymore I, I it is it's riding a bike so I was trying some other stuff and like I just like don't understand why people are just not jamming <laughs> grief reanimate in as many decks as humanly possible it just it just feels like wildly unfair and uh, i am not a bad player by any stretch of the imagination but it's so much easier when you just know exactly what's on their hand on turn one and then you get to take their best thing and then you play a one mana spell and then you take their best thing and you know it's going to resolve because you've already seen their hand and taken their best thing like it's it's really messed up, and I don't, I don't get it. Um, so, and like, you know, I'm looking at the other decks too, and I just like, I, I, I tried playing um, the twelve post deck. I tried playing 
uh, I have not tried playing Burn. I tried playing Reanimator. I tried, tried playing a bunch of other decks. I'm just like not super excited about any of them. I, I do think Initiative is the the one that is probably the second best option in my mind. I think as far as decks are concerned, I think it obviously gives you something very powerful and proactive to do. You get to be aggressive and be controlling at the same time. I think the red uh, Stompy deck that um, XJ has been playing is doing the same kind of thing where you're able to pressure your opponent so quickly and still also have lockout pieces that it's hard for them to know which which is the correct thing to, to target or to hit, right? But again, you could you could just win the game instead and that's just easier so i am i am very much focusing on playing scam i think my my plan right now is to work on a cyborg that i think works across the board um i I think a lot of the cards i'm pretty happy with like if i just played my same 75 from uh the bcdl open this summer i i'd actually be fine that can't be right though i'm sure there's some um metagame shifts that I need to account for and that there are some uh, cards that would be better in this spot because this deck's more popular than that card and whatnot. But, I mean, honestly, the deck is... The the decks are just fine. Um, I need to figure out, you know, how many, um, you know, Plague Engineers I want to play. Do I want to play Hydroblast? Do I want to play an extra copy of Flusterstorm? You know, what what are the differences in the meta, um, you know, we're kind of expecting between uh, what happens online and what happens in paper? Um, but, you know, I honestly just need to focus on that kind of stuff, but not anything huge. Uh, I, I, I know you and, um, some other friends wanted to do some testing before Eternal Weekend, so I've got to get that kind of focus there, but I I think I'm probably going to play a very small amount of leagues between now and then. I don't, I don't think I need to play more leagues. I've got the, I've got the reps that I need. Um, we're just going to focus on trying to work on that mental game, work on little sideboard notes, the preparation and, uh, and go from there. I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm more or less ready for, for, for Pittsburgh, uh, emotionally at least. Um, maybe not, but <laughs> I think, I think otherwise I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like not prepared, but I also just like, I'm in this weird place where I care, but I feel like I can't afford to care. So like mm-hmm. I don't care that much. <laughs> like I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just like there's an event the following weekend in a different format that I care about way more, mm-hmm. um, which is awkward because I like the first format more. So, <laughs> so it's like yeah. uh, I I want to care for Eternal Weekend. Um, also, just like the EV on the event is I I feel like it's kind of garbage unless you're like exactly winning the event um i mean well i guess so that just means the ev is bad because that's like what the word actually means Mm -hmm. um so like i i'm kind of just like whatever i just kind of want to have fun and like be in the atmosphere and not worry too much about how i'm doing like as long as i don't go oh three drop again um, i think i am kind of content um and i would feel better like I think I would feel better going like, you know, four four drop on the day, but putting in the work for for Atlanta than I would getting like twelfth place in Eternal Weekend, but like doing awful in Atlanta. 
assuming Eternal Weekend is uh, 500 players or more, which I don't know what the current count on for, for Legacy is, if, at least. First place gets uh, the Lightning Bolt painting, which uh, I will assume will be at least $10,000. Um, they get $3,500 um, cash, apparently. Uh, and they also get the Dragon Reach Channeler promo, which I'm not sure what that what that's going to fetch. I know last year the... They're selling for around 7000 Or I've seen numbers between seven dollars and $10,000. Okay, so that's pretty solid, yeah. So if that ends up being the uh, the total package, I mean, like that first place is like about 20k. I think it'll be end up being more um, from the painting, but that's not bad. That's a good payday. Um, and at that point, then at least eighth place would get you up to at least 8k which would be fantastic um yeah i think but the but after so, that is the drop off yeah sorry i was just gonna say yeah so like that's good i so all of top eight is actually good now but like mm. there's 850 players signed up and ninth place you get like 200 dollars and some deck supplies like a deck box Look, ninth place you get five hundred dollars and oh yeah i guess if you're oh no no yeah you get five hundred dollars oh I, i'm looking at the wrong thing yeah um yeah if you're in ninth place at the legacy championship you get assuming once again assuming 500 players uh 500 bucks a game genic top 16 accessory bundle which comes with a um eight pocket uh Prime album, which I assume means to hold cards, um, a deck box, and some very nice dice, which is fine. Um, but five hundred bucks is good. I mean, that's that's still a, a come up. Hopefully, of like at least two fifty for you. So. I I mean, like it's good, but I mean, how much was entry for this event? I think it was like eighty dollars to enter. Plus, you mm. have to pay for the weekend pass, which was what a hundred dollars. Plus, mm-hmm. we have to pay for the hotel, which was actually surprisingly cheap for Pittsburgh. Um, but, like, you know, you have to pay for the hotel. Um, you have, like I said, paying for the entry into the venue. So, like, even though this event says it costs $80, if I paid $100 for entry into the venue, this event cost me $180. Um, plus, it's, like, taking off work, which, like, obviously you always have to do mm-hmm. that for these events anyway. Well... Not everyone, but like you don't have to, yeah. Um, but but at the end of the day, you know, if I'm spending like three hundred dollars plus, you know, using PTO to be there, and then I have to like what top sixteen of five, like in over eight hundred person event, and I get five hundred dollars. Like that's not like it's good, and I'm happy because I probably had a really fun weekend, and I like mm-hmm. it didn't really cost me anything, but like. If I get 18th place, I am, like, actually just down money on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, 18, like, you know, I'm not playing Magic to, like, get rich or anything. But, like, if I am getting 18 out of, like, 900 players, I don't want to lose money. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is more than reasonable. And that's the, like, the big thing about these Eternal Weekends. Like, I think everyone should go into it knowing. And I think the promos do change the calculus a little bit which is which is nice i think it's a it's a huge addition uh which makes top eighting eternal weekend a lot more worthwhile uh however you are all playing for the painting Uh, if you got rid of everything else right the painting is the the bulk of the prize in my mind Uh, so 
if you don't get the painting, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of, I don't know, it, it, it's not quite worth it for you, but that is, that is what you signed up for. Yeah, um, so, so again, you know, going in with the mindset of, I'm doing this to have fun, it doesn't bother me that much. But if I'm, yeah. like, if I put in serious effort and then, like, got 18th, like, I'm actually going to be angry. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. that's kind of where, where I am. Um, and, like, I... I know that sounds really negative, um, but I, I don't know. It's just how I how I view this event. Like I, for me, the fun is just going to be like hanging around with a bunch of people who are excited. I mean, truly, the the excitement is the the friends you made along the way. Actually, the excitement's the meatball place across the street. Oh my gosh! Yes, I am so pumped. That and the taco place. Oh my gosh! Apparently, so Condado has gotten worse. I didn't go last oh, time. No. But yeah, apparently it's gone down. Um, okay. I know. Unfortunate. Is the sinkhole gone? We the yes. sinkhole's gone, right? The sinkhole's okay. been gone. Okay. Man, that was crazy. Um. Anyways, let's. Uh, we got to get out of here soon. I I do want to circle back to something you you mentioned uh, a couple minutes ago. We are apparently getting bans or, I guess, potentially unbanned in the Pioneer in modern formats. Uh, Pioneer obviously being a relevant format for you. Um, I'm, I'm assuming they're just getting rid of that weird Discover card. Uh, uh, so that... they basically said that Discover combo, they don't want to exist because um, turn three kills should, like, unless you, like... The fact that people just have like these turn three kills unless you hold up like specific interaction is not great. Uh, which mm-hmm. that being said, they could also address the stupid convoke deck can kill on turn three. Um, mm-hmm. To be fair, it's not quite the same thing, but um, yeah. you know I don't like when that happens either. Um, and they, I who knows what else they might do, uh, but they also like very heavily said unbans. Apparently, I didn't actually watch the thing because. I don't know, speculating doesn't really help with anything other than yeah. I, I can buy cards before they go up. But yeah, I, I don't know. And then I guess for a modern, they like basically said something from Beans and from um, from Scam Gotta Go and pointed out that like Fury exists in both. So, mm-hmm. hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we mentioned this before. Like, I think those... I understand where people don't want to get rid of those kind of cards. You, they need to go. They're not, that's not what the, <laughs> you just can't do stuff like that in the format. It's just not, it's not fun, but kind of more importantly, it, it skews people very heavily towards that type of play pattern. It's not doing anything fair and balanced. It's not kind of keeping, keeping the bad guys in check. Like I think, and I, I don't want to open a can of worms here, but like, Days and Fourth of Will, regardless of what your opinions on them are, they do help suppress combo decks in formats. Um, having you... Having a creature that stops people from playing creatures does not make your format better or more fun or more interesting. Um, and I, I think we... The Beans deck really has reinforced that idea that um, if I can cast a very powerful card for the low, low price of two cards without doing anything that that is kind of, uh, impactful. Um, and again, I, I feel like I'm slightly hypocrite, hypocritical here by saying that grief in legacy is, you know, so busted. And I don't know why people aren't doing it, but also this is in legacy where 
you have more options. It's a little um, harder to really maximize that kind of effect, and it's not always good enough. Uh, it it's just not fun. They're just not fun in modern. That's it. That's that's the whole tweet. I would die. I would die of laughter if this whole thing is just like a joke, and they actually like just <laughs> no changes. No changes. And yeah, we introducing Pioneer Two. Pioneer Two. I mean, obviously uh, they won't call it that, right? Like, like Pioneer is modern too, so like you know. Mm-hmm. introduce like just new formats say hey we heard you guys weren't happy with those formats instead of fixing them we just we just brought you a new toy mm-hmm. oh my gosh I don't what would you even call that Pi- the next pioneer would you call it like um... I don't know it doesn't matter you call it whatever <sighs> okay I uh, I want to come up with a cool name Plateau seems like a, a fitting name I don't know if it's a good name but definitely fitting I don't know we'll, we'll think about that we'll, we'll ruminate over the uh over the next week, uh, but we do need to go. I gotta, I gotta put some some children to bed. Uh, so, Maps and where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Expedition Map. Over on that Blue Sky thing that I don't use, also at Expedition Map. Um, this past weekend, you could find me on um, doing some content with Dukes on Twitch. So definitely mm-hmm. check out his YouTube for the vods. Um, we talked about Naya Depths and like. We delved into like my thoughts on um, kind of the current list and you know how I would approach that deck moving forward, which is also a deck I could just play at Eternal Weekend. Um, it looks really pretty. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, anyways, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bad Luck Bandit. If you're interested in finding the show, we are Depth Underscore Podcast on Twitter. I will be on the Mental Misplay stream. Uh, my my friend Alan is going to have me on next Tuesday for some good old uh, CEDH. I got some some spicy brews. I'm going to try to relax with before Eternal Weekend next week. So uh, if you want to check out some CEDH actions, you want to see me and my beautiful hands uh, playing some action, uh, you can you know, log in. I'll, I'll put a, a link in the show notes if you want to check that out, and I'll definitely retweet it closer to the event. Again, uh, shout out to our well, patrons uh, who continue to support us. Uh, of course, they're amazing, but also people who continue to uh, get merch from Bonfire. Uh, that You can still get stuff if you want to get a t-shirt or want to get a uh, sweatshirt. Uh, it might, I don't think it's going to come before Eternal Weekend, but you can always have it for this nice uh, you know, fall, winter weather uh, we're kind of transitioning uh, from and to. Um, but, of course, if you want to find the show, we're at uh, Depth underscore Podcast on Twitter. Uh, again, if you want to find uh, the Bonfire Store, if you want to support us on Twitter, if you want to Go back and look at our YouTube for some reason. Uh, there is a link tree on Twitter, so definitely check that out and find that cool information. Obviously, we're going to be uh, at Eternal Weekend in two weeks, so please, please, please uh, stop by, say hello, uh, get some uh, sweet tokens. We are very excited to um, you know meet everybody and see everybody. Uh, please remind, uh, remember, uh, I've mentioned this a couple times uh, previously, but... Um, I know a lot of people from Twitter, but I do not know anybody's face. Uh, so if you uh, are a listener, please just come up and say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm um, bad guy 
uh, Mifty Faith uh, on Twitter. Hey, nice to see you. Nice to talk to you. Um, get a picture. That's totally cool. I'm very excited to meet as many people and try to play as many games as possible. I think I'm I got to iron out my plans, but I'm pretty sure I'm doing the um, infinite play badge thing when I'm not playing Eternal Weekend. I got to figure that out still, but um, yeah, if, not worth it. Not oh, worth man. it. Okay, maybe. No, no, because like if we don't, I don't know. I'd have to address. I I could look again, but if you're planning mm. to do well at Eternal Weekend, mm. then I don't think it's worth it. So it's like, do you buy it with the expectation you won't do well in the main event? No. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe. Right, because like mm-hmm. you get it for Friday. Like we're not going to mm-hmm. be there Thursday, so you have it for Friday. In theory, mm-hmm. you play all day Saturday. Hopefully, you are still playing on Sunday. Um, and if you're not playing Sunday, you got in what like mm-hmm. five events. Like I don't know. It it could be worth it, but like I think buying it up front is a mistake if you're okay. playing in the main. Yeah. The the only thing is that I know on Friday I was planning on at least doing the CDH, CEDH event, and I was planning on doing a Legacy event. I don't know. One-on-one no, no, There's an earlier one, isn't there? Isn't there a, an actual, factual CEDH on? I mean, I'm, I'm concerned. Oh, gosh. Yeah, t- there's one at 1040. Possibly. Um, which we should be there for. Yeah, 1v1 CEDH sounds awful, though. I, I do agree. Um, I don't know if that's on there twice. That's odd. Um, but... Yeah, I'm, I think we'll be there for the 1041. Uh, we'll definitely be there. I mean, if, especially if you're playing in the, the high roll of legacy for 40 duels. I don't know. If I keep losing, I'm not playing it. <laughs> oh, <no>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I said I was going to play it when, like, my win rate with initiative was, like, 80%. Oh, yeah. Of course I'm going to sure. play. Like, <laughs> that's free money. Mm-hmm. Uh, lately, my win percentage was, like, 5%. Mm-hmm. So, like, worth. not the same. Yeah, yeah that, that is considerably worth. Uh, I mean, my only, I guess my main thing is that I, if I'm playing in those events, I guess they're, they're probably not going to fire in time. If I do the 11 o'clock, if I do the CEDH event, that'll be, like, 10 hours. So, that will bring me to the end of the day. So I maybe I won't do that. I don't know. Definitely playing CDH on, on Friday though. Um so you can you can get me in the queues if you want to play some uh some high level magic there. Um but I'm definitely playing some legacy at some point too just to warm up and then uh you know we'll have a, a nice dinner and some some good company and some good friends. It'll be it'll be a fantastic Friday. Uh before we put on the black uh I bl- what's that stuff they oh my gosh I'm awful with names today what's the name of the stuff they put on like football players the anti glare stuff I, I don't know eye black is it called eye black okay I think we're done okay there. I think we I think we've been done yeah okay uh that's see you next week <laughs> all right bye Given my attempts for green, the scene sees reclaim. Untap sack of flagstones, go seek the planes, then tutor up the stage to pull out your playbill. Darkness podcast starring Billy Mitchell and Michael Mapson on the microphone, dripping in Mox Diamonds, the collector of curtains up on act one of this magic show. Setting the forest so dense it looks decomposed with red lacrimary nights crush against death shadow. On the legendary lake covered in ice and snow, underneath the surface looks a lonely evil. An avatar so dark it could cause a People. The night lunges forward, going for the kill, but death shadows too. Tr-
tricky, it just won't sit still. It's stuff in denial, compile a stack so thick. The bazooka bug emerges with Kermax angling. The knight takes a swing at the zombie fishes, but falls submerged for such a distance. Forsaken in the haze of the street rapes fringes. Who wanna stuff her out? They don't sneak forgiveness. Her final breath draws a deafening silence. A sound so sinister, no one could describe it. It's like the subtle cracking of a turtle shell, or the surgical extraction of emerging hell. The shards of ice feel a force of vigor. The looming fear releases, growing bigger and bigger, until a demon's fingers linger toward the shadow of death. An all-consuming hush. The land goes swept, the night washes up, frozen on the ice. Dread Arbor saw her out in the green sun's light. An expedition map suddenly unfurls, revealing Merit Lage has rearranged the world. 